Hey, all you large feline fanatics. This is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back. This is You're Gonna Die Out There. I am Jen, and I'm sitting across from a Megan, who is going to tell our story today Yay! about uh, some crazy nature versus people stuff, which is what we talk about. You're here for the fun. You're here for the crazy and our amazing banter. World class. <laughs> if you are one of our Patreon members, we appreciate you so much. We, we love do these you. just for you. So thank you so much for your support. You help us a lot. We're just going to kill it today with awesomeness just for you. Murder it, just like your story. My story. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have some science news. Let's hear it, if Jen. You'd like to, yes. If you'd like to listen. I would love to listen. Let me just start. When I was last week, small, a small babe, <laughs> since a small babe to recent, you lay awake at night and you ponder things Absolutely. about the world, about yes. nature. And one of the things I pondered what is the loudest animal? Let's talk about that. Natural sound? Yeah. Not like our cats, like sure. knocking over a box at 3 a.m. Those jerks. This is act in <laughs> nature. What are the loudest animals? And I have a top 10. I really hope that mountain lions are in there. No, you know, they're <laughs> the not. Screaming, what? They're not. God, that scream that was horrendous. crazy yowl. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We were supposed to look up the purring. Oh, we were. That's right. Okay. Let's talk about decibels because right. I don't know if everybody's mm -hmm. memorized what normal decibels are are mm -hmm. so a whisper like hey megan hey jen nice hair oh, like that you. is 30 decibels okay a conversation as in what we're having right now mm -hmm. i don't know i think a conversation for americans or australians versus other parts of the world definitely louder definitely louder 60 decibels so they say for a normal conversation and then it says noise above 70 decibels over a prolonged period of time can actually damage your hearing and oh. loud noises above 120 decibels can cause immediate harm to your ears it's like a gunshot or yeah like a jackhammer if you're like really close to it and you're not wearing any head protective gear probably i shot a gun once with some like hillbilly friends back in oklahoma <laughs> Because they forced me to like shoot a can. I was like, well, that's cool. I'll do it, you know? <laughs> and I couldn't hear. I was like, well, I'm deaf. Like, I really <laughs> couldn't hear for like a solid couple of hours. I was like, that was damaged. Like, why didn't you give me some headphones? Headphones, yeah. Jesus. Hillbillies. My friends, the hillbillies. So let's start with number one. Do you want to take a guess? A gander? Sorry, would you rather I work from the least loudest to the yeah, most let's loudest? Go, let's okay, go let's least start to with, most Okay, let's start yeah, with yeah. number 10. Okay. Number 10. Okay, number 10. I'm excited about this one. Is Can you guess? Is it a spider? No. <laughs> No, but there are some interesting ones on here. Is it some kind of bird? No, but it what? completely segues to your story today. It's a lion. What? Yes. A lion roar? A lion can roar up to 110 decibels. It can travel for five miles. That explains a lot about this story, actually. That's how they establish their territory and mm -hmm. let other mates know to stay the hell away. That's how they also communicate with their ladies. Oh. They're like, hey, lioness. Because the pride of lions, they have big territories, and mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to tell us all about this up to 160 square miles it says so it helps to maintain that territory they're like it's like with my husband's like Han <laughs> <laughs> our kids mom mom <laughs> okay so the next one is you know it kind of is going down the chain of watching what's the lion movie the lion king the lion king 
the other main player in the Lion King? The hyenas? Yes. Yeah. And the picture, can I just show you the picture on yes, here? Yes, I want to see okay. it. Okay, oh my God. Look I, at that picture. Jesus. It's I, the scariest. Hyenas are so scary. They're crazy. They're oh, crazy and they're huge. And super, yeah. They're you huge. You think they're small because of the Lion King, but they're not. They're not, and they have these giant teeth. This picture I'm looking at, it just, it's like a nightmare. They have been known, so of course they kill lions, but they can make this like whooping. We've all heard it. They say they giggle. It's like, make it more creepy, please. <laughs> they giggle and threaten and make whooping noises when they're hunting as loud as 112 decibels. Dang. They're louder than a lion with their creepy Sorry, ass giggle. I didn't understand. <laughs> no, not Google, giggle. Megan's Google keeps talking to me when I say giggle. <laughs> So, okay, hyenas, yuck. Moving on. Number eight, the gray wolf. I dig it. I like gray wolves. Their howling can be anywhere from 90 to 115 decibels. I mean, we all know they're known for howling, right? Yeah. So I've and seen the t-shirts, Jen. There's so many t-shirts with wolves howling at the moon. And do you have one? Well, I need one. It's a missed opportunity it for is. your birthday. Mm -hmm. Their howl can be heard over 50 square miles under the right conditions, which I guess would not be like a super windy or maybe in a forested area. Area, it might be different than if it was like an open area when they stand on top of like a rock cliff with the moon behind them right and, and it's like, like an american it, flag and it's snowing a little bit you know so it's like sound travels more when there's snow right yes yeah. and there's a picture of a guy in the background playing like electric guitar i can see it so that's how they also assemble the pack pack assemble <laughs> <laughs> and they establish their territory okay so number seven you just said it elephant it's the elephant they can produce a very loud infrasonic sounds that can travel up to 10 miles. And that is at a frequency, a loudness of about uh, 117 decibels. They say it's like a rumbling sound and it's below the audible range of humans. What? I did recently watch a video of an elephant giving birth. Uh -huh. And then all the other elephants kind of crowd around the newborn mm -hmm. and their ears are all like you know, Flappy. flat out to the I side. I saw that and, too. That was and so then they're cute. like trumpeting and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So the trumpeting is loud, but this is something else. This is a low frequency of rumbling. The next one, number six, are, and this totally makes sense uh, mm -hmm. given their name, are howler monkeys. They're very social, live in large groups. And so they use sound to communicate. They're also known as the loudest land animal. Oh. And their howls can reach up to 128 decibels. Meaning if they howl in your ear, you're like... It's over. It's, well, I mean, it's just damage. Yeah. It's probably like that gunshot. Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh my God. They can be heard over three miles. And it's like a guttural high pitch noise. Now that you're saying they're the loudest land mm -hmm. animal, I'm doing some detective work here and just guessing that the top three are... Uh, well, let's say mammal. Oh, man. Loudest. Oh, okay. 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 We'll All say right. that because All there right. is another one that I feel like fits the animal yeah, yeah. picture, but it's just not a mammal. Okay, cool. It's the next one. The next one is a cockapoo. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. K-A-K-A-P-O. Is that a bird? Yes, it's a bird. And it's mating calls can read up, reach up to 132 decibels and cover a distance of four miles. Wow. Cockapoos. Well, because they're part of the parrot family. Right, right. And I had a parrot and they're freaking loud. Super loud. Flightless, nocturnal, and the heaviest parrots. They weigh two to four kilograms at maturity and they can live up to 90 years. That sounds awful. They don't fly and they're up at night. And they're the loudest bird. Uh huh. That just sounds like a nightmare. They say an unusual parrot found only in New Zealand. And its name means owl face soft feather. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> That's cute. That's like the Latin name translates to that. And it also sometimes goes by the name owl parrot or night parrot. Okay. Number four. It's the green grocer cicada. 
Oh, hey. There you go. Cicadas. The loudest insects. I think we all know this. Is that like an individual cicada is louder than all these other animals? Or is it like the group of cicadas? It doesn't really say. It just says that they can sing to attract mates and their noise can reach in excess of 135 decibels and travel for over a mile. And they do say that they group together during mm-hmm. singing and then their mating songs so they can confuse birds and other predators. That's smart. Number three. This is so fun. This is fun. A bulldog bat. Wait, what? So they're, since they're not a land mammal. Right, right. They use sound to navigate for echolocation, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they produce the loudest sounds among bats. It reaches up to 140 decibels. That's crazy. They use it to track movement of fish in water. And so they're known as fishermen bats. I didn't even know this. I'm just picturing a bulldog with wings that eats fish. That's I don't know why it's weird. called. Maybe, I mean. Oh, it does kind of have a bulldoggy face. Yeah, the nose. So these bats, I guess they're found in Mexico through Central America, Northern and Central South America. It's also found in the Caribbean. They roost in caves, hollow trees, crevasses. Another one that the sound isn't audible to humans because it's an ultrasonic range. Right. That's cool. So there's well, some. Thank you know, God. <laughs> I know, right? Number two is another one that we can't hear, and it's crazy. I would have never guessed it because this one gets up to 200 decibels. Dang. It's a shrimp. Isn't that crazy? It's a tiger pistol shrimp. A little shrimp? It's found in the Mediterranean, and they have this like claw that shoots water at very high speeds. And the speed oh. is so high that it creates an air bubble. And when the air bubble implodes, it creates a shock wave, and it kills any fish in the range of two meters. But then it also creates a sound at about 200 decibels. Which they say is louder than a gunshot. That's Um, like a tiny shrimp sonic boom (laughs) that murders fish. Yes. And the implosion of the bubble, it creates temperatures at its center that are so high. It says as high as that of the sun, which causes a flash of light to appear each time the shrimp shoots the pistol. What are these shrimp? Jen, that's crazy. They're like some sort of like nuclear weapon. They are. Isn't that nuts? In the wrong hands, Jen. (laughs) In the wrong hands. Tiger pistol shrimp. I just want to know what scientists studied this. This is, you know what, all of you out there, this is why science is so cool. Yeah. Just to say it. Because then you can find out about tiny ass shrimp, murderous nuclear. Murderous nuclear bomb dropping murder shrimp. That is so nuts. Side note, do you, uh, do you ever, whenever people say nuclear, nuclear, do you ever, does that ever drive you crazy? There's a lot of things drive me crazy. That always drives me crazy. Nuclear. 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 What drives me crazy is when it's a fiscal year and people call it a physical year. Thank you. Okay. Number one. Number one. Number one. I'm so excited. Can you guess? It's a total opposite of a shrimp. Like a giant whale. It is. is. It a whale? It's oh, a whale. Yeah. Oh, you do. <laughs> okay. Whales, of course, they sing. We know this. They yeah. have their little, their beautiful whale songs. So the blue whale, the largest animal on the earth it produces a loud whistling call that reaches up to 188 decibels i have to be loud to get through the water it's true you know like penetrate that but the calls travel 500 miles underwater and the loudest is the sperm whale so it makes those clicky noises and Mm -hmm. it can reach as high as 230 decibels so that makes the sperm whale the loudest animal in the world there you go there it is. Winner, winner. And the clicking lasts only for like 15 to 30 milliseconds. Oh. But it can stay audible to the sperm whale for 
or as much as 10 miles away. Wow. So do divers that dive with sperm whales get ear injuries? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like they're kind of testing that decibel like at its core. But once it even travels out a little, probably it, you know. Right, right. But amazing, huh? That's why they can hear them from all over. That's amazing. Like you can hear them, but you can't see them. So there you go. That's fun. I like that science news. You're learning new things. Yes. These are the things that keep me awake at night when I start Googling. But usually it's something. the loudest animal? I usually am listening to some podcast about something random and then I start Googling things, which I feel like people might do that for with our podcast. You're like, wait a second. For sure. I need to know more about the bulldog bat. I recently watched a video that talked about how if you are on Wikipedia and you click the first link at the top of the page mm-hmm. and you just keep clicking, it will always go back to the same thing. I forget what it was. Any Wikipedia page that you start on, if you click the first link and Uh you keep clicking the first link, it'll eventually end at like the same Wikipedia page. From So you start anywhere, but you end up at the same place. Some scientist is like studying it. I don't know. Some kind of phenomenon. I can't remember what what they said it was. Do you want me to look it up? No, it's okay. But yeah. that's go try it. Somebody try it and let us know. It was crazy. I just I was like, that's not real. Why are you lying? Are lies. I'm tired of your lies. It's kind of like uh, degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You mentioned that you were going to talk about lions. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting. I wasn't searching for something that talked about lions, but it turns out that they made the top 10. It worked out that way. It just worked out. And I was going to start with number one and go all the way to number 10. And that was going to be the segue. Oh, well. But I, I feel like it, it was you. more fun to go That's backwards. Fun. Yeah, you know? backwards so is it's, more fun. It's all good. Oh, yeah. So we're going to talk about some lions today. I'm going to start us off with a quote because that's fun. This is a quote written by a worker on the railway, the African railway uh, that the British colonial government started building. And it is colonizers. And it is, uh, this is the quote, hundreds of men fell victims to these savage creatures whose very jaws were steeped in blood, bones, flesh, skin, and blood. They devoured all and left not a trace behind them. Man, all of your episodes lately. I know. They're so gory. I think it's because I started rewatching American Horror Story again. Pulling me in that direction. Yeah. What is my next episode? No, it's not gory. In the research for this episode, I found a couple more stories. Just there's a lot of man eaters out there. Let's do a little, just do them all. All right. So here are some places I got my information. Of course, Wikipedia, because Wikipedia, SmithsonianMag.com. There are actually a bunch of YouTube videos that were really good uh, on this story. Free Range American, thefieldmuseum.org, and kws.go.ke, which is just information on the Savo East National Park. All right. I think that's the Kenya Wildlife Service, KWS. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Savo lions, uh, T-S-A-V-O. Okay, got it. So not to Savo, just Savo. (laughs) So Savo lions live in Savo. It is a vast swath of Kenya savannah. Savannah? Kenya (laughs) savannah. What's happening? (laughs) Kenya savannah that is around the Savo River. Uh, There are two national parks in that area, the Savo East National Park and the Savo West National Park. When it comes to these lions, their prides are a little bit different. There's only ever just one male and about 10 females. They're smaller than like the Serengeti lion prides, which usually have up to like 20 females and two or more males. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is the one where people most... Serengeti lions. Serengeti are the ones people yeah. see. They do safari. They have the safaris. big crazy manes, yeah. like dark manes, the men. Men? 
the male lions do. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones that everyone knows about. Okay. So these Sava male lions, they don't share any power with other male lions. They're like, fuck off. So they have smaller prides, like I said. Mm -hmm. And then they also have short, thin manes or no manes at all. Oh, I think I've seen these. Yeah. They can just have like wispy. Wispies. Little, wispies. Like kind of behind their ears a little bit uh -huh. or on the sides. Yeah. It's thought that they have these shorter or smaller or none at all manes because it's hotter in that region. Mm -hmm. And so if they had bigger manes, they would expend all of their water. Like they would sweat out mm -hmm. through their mouths, panting uh, <laughs> all of their hydration. So... <laughs> They would squander their water allowance for the day on panting. And that's just not... That's not cool. That's not efficient. No one wants to do that. So they can run about 35 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And without their manes, they're also able to get through the thick brush in this area, the Sava region. They're more um, aerodynamic. More aerodynamic. They're more agile. They don't get their hair caught on things. They're not like, oh my God, there's a little hair right there. Serengeti male lions are just more high maintenance. <laughs> I can just see the big paw going right? through the mane. All like, what's... Can you fix this? All their pride ladies are like braiding their hair yeah. all around them. The Sava male lions are like, you hippies. Because <laughs> we, I mean, lions are lions are lions. A lot of people know about lions. They're big giant cats. They're big of, giant cats. But they roar. And they kill the same way regular domesticated cats kill. Do they purr? Oh, you know what? I didn't. <gasps> I didn't look that part up. Thank you for asking. While you're looking at purring information, they do kill the same way that domesticated cats kill. Usually they go for the neck. These particular lions also smother their victims and will just hold on with their giant mouths to like the neck or face of their prey uh, until the, the prey succumbs to death. Megan. Yes. Lions don't purr. They don't purr. Only smaller cats. So big cats like lions, tigers, leopards, jaguars, they don't have that cartilage that runs up the hyoid bones in the, oh. to the skull, which helps with the purring. So it's only smaller cats like domesticated cats. And then you got all the um, mountain lions. Yeah. Bobcats, ocelots, lynxes, cougars and others. I am going to give you some basic facts. I got these from www.org.uk. <laughs> Fascinating facts about lions. Nice. Top 10. Love top it. 10. Number one. We love top 10s. Right. This is a top 10 episode. Nearly all wild lions live in Africa, but one small population exists elsewhere. Do you know where they exist? Of lions. Of lions, 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 lions. China? Uh, close. India. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Gur Forest National Park in Western India. Fun, fun, fun. Okay. They can weigh thirty stone, which is one hundred and ninety kilograms. I cannot I never do the stones. stones. I can't do it. Yeah, and also, I, what's one hundred ninety? I just picture somebody pounds? stacking stones. Okay, I mean, I guess I could Google it right now, it but probably... I would love it more if somebody from the UK or wherever you use stones can just talk to us about it. Tell us what a stone is. I just want to know if, if all people who are in cultures who use the term stone are they gifted a stone <laughs> at some point in their life and it's like okay this is what one stone is if you lose weight do you get like a special stone of what you lost and you can put it on your shelf and be like mm. as like an award uh so they can weigh 30 stone males weigh 190 kilograms and females weigh 126 so females are a little bit smaller. I'm sure we all have seen that. Yes. They start off spotty. So they have little spots. Yeah, in like, their the, like the cougars. Yeah. Uh, so they have little rosettes and spots on their sandy coats, but those generally disappear as they get older. Because it helps them be more camouflaged. In to the, hit it. That's right. In the bushes. In the grass yeah. and stuff. And what was it? It was called like some kind of special light. You had said it, and I can't remember it now, like but it was diffused... like the light going through the trees or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. some sort of diffused light. And, yeah. Uh, males' manes tell a story. So male lions, <laughs> except for the Savo lions, 
Sorry, guys. They grow impressive manes the older they get. The manes can grow up to 16 centimeters long and are a sign of dominance. What's up, bitches? The older they get, the darker the mane is. Yeah. And well, you've seen some with some really dark, like almost black yeah. colored yeah. manes. I, that's, are, well, that's Scar. I mean, I hate to say this, but it would mean that he's like cooler. Cooler? Older? I guess older. Older. Well, he and was more older. dominant. He was older. Mm-hmm. and he, But he was more evil. Cunning if you will. Uh, The manes attract females, but they also protect their neck and head from injuries during a fight. So now I'm like, oh, those poor Savo males, they just have like tiny Maybe they have thicker neck skin. Evolution. True that. Good call, Jen. I'm just just speculating like we do. (laughs) We love to speculate. Uh, Cubs are reared together. A pride of lions is usually made up of related females and their cubs, plus a male or small group of males who defend their pride. In the case of the Savo lion, like I said, just the one male. Mm -hmm. Serengeti lions have two or more dudes. Lionesses rear their cubs. That's a lot of ladies. That's a lot. That's a lot of sister wives. (laughs) Throw some brother husbands in there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The lionesses rear their cubs together and cubs can suckle from any female with milk. That's 100% a sister wife right there. That is. And you know what? I love it. Get her done. Yeah. I mean, not for. Yeah. I mean, for lions. I love it. I feel you. Lions can get their water from plants. So they are highly adaptable and they live in very dry areas like the Kalahari Desert or the Savo region. Mm -hmm. And they get most of their water from their prey and will even drink from plants such as the Sama melon, which I'm not sure what that sounds like a melon. Sounds delicious. Sounds like it's full of water. Mm -hmm. Lions are big eaters. They can eat up to 40 kilograms of meat in a single meal. That's around uh, one quarter of their body weight. So that's that's a lot. lot. I feel like I can relate. Yeah. And their tongues have sharp pointed rasps called papillae, which we've talked about in all sorts of things. Uh I mean, just think about your cat's tongue. It's like when it it's like scratchy. It's like a turtle throat, but they're giant. Those little bumps or pointed rasps Mm -hmm. are used to scrape the meat off the bone. So just think about that every time your cat licks you. (laughs) Someday when you die in your house alone, (laughs) they start eating your face off. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. At least at least they clean the bone, right? Oh, that was so morbid. It was. Uh, They hunt during storms. Lions do most of their hunting at night because their their eyes eyes, are adapted to hunt in the dark. Mm -hmm. That gives them a huge advantage. They hunt more during storms as the noise and wind make it harder for prey to see and hear them. Oh. So f***ing smart. That is. When hunting, lionesses have specific roles. Some play the role of center and some the role of wing. So basically, if you know anything about soccer. Wow. (laughs) I feel like maybe... When we talk about outflanking, remember in the Japanese uh-huh. saltwater croc episode, we're talking yes. about how, oh, it's like they they have strategy. So they're there with their like big nail in the, in the dirt, right, right. like drawing out their like OK, you're going to go plays. around here. Lions are the only cats who roar together. Oh, so they're the only ones where individuals roar together. Even young cubs will join in on the, the roaring. They'll be like, Meow. that is so cute with their little roars. And the calling sequence usually lasts about 40 seconds. So they're kind of like wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they often roar together to mark their tor- territory and a roar. I think you said this. The decibels. Yeah. Well, it didn't say the decibels, but it can be heard from five miles away. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. say that. You did say that. hundred. I think it was 110 decibels. Damn, for, but that was one. That was one. Well, all together now, right? Yeah, if you add it up crazy that's a lot and the last fact is kind of a sad one there aren't as many lions as you'd think 
Mm-hmm. There are thought to be as few as 23,000 lions left in the wild. If you think about it, how many African elephants were there? It was like 400,000 mm-hmm. left in the wild. So it's a pretty low number of lions. If we think about African elephants For being that like really low. huge yeah. amount of land. Territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, lions have disappeared from over 90% of their historical range. Wah, wah, wah. And that's why we're here, folks. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. So that's some info about lions there. Love it. Thanks for sharing that about purring. I love that our little cats can purr. Makes yeah. me sad that lions don't. I wish they could because I think it would be amazing to hear a lion purr. And so comforting. Like giant. as they're eating you, you're just like, mm. oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read this thing from Samuel Kasaki. He's a director, deputy director of biodiversity research and monitoring with the Kenya Wildlife Service. And that's that website that I was telling you about earlier, KWS. Okay, that's something, whatever. For centuries, Arab slave caravans passed through Savo on the way to Mombasa. The death rate was high. It was a bad area for sleeping sickness from the setsi fly. And the bodies Mm. of slaves who died or were dying were left where they were dropped. So the lions may have gotten their taste for human flesh by eating the corpses. The British are finishing this railway between Kenya and Uganda. Okay. And they're doing it in, I guess, starting in March of 1898 and then through December of that same year. They're like working on this railway. Okay. They were building the railway to, quote, save Africa from the Africans. Oh, this is where we're talking about colonization of Africa and like imperialism. Like the British are coming to modernize Africa and save them from their evil African ways. They're like, you savages. Exactly. Let's put on a wig and here's a bustier. (laughs) (laughs) Drink your tea. Okay. So there is a building, a bunch of building sites. There are several camps across an area that's about eight miles long or 13 kilometers. And there, this area is accommodating several thousand, mostly Indian workers. Because the African population were like, we're not going to fucking work on this. We don't want to work for you. It's Mm -hmm. not happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Done, done, done. They probably didn't even want it in the first place. And so the British East Africa Company hired Indian workers to come over and do the actual building. They hired them? They did hire them. Okay. They, They made wages. So there's this guy. His name is Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson. He's about 30 years old. And in 1898, he heads to Mombasa. And like I said, that's a key port that links all the rivers in that Savo region to the Indian Ocean. So it kind of like it's like a little delta area. Okay. The translation for Mombasa is like the island of war because it was an area where there was a lot of slave trade that had been going on. And a lot of people were killed. It was like the Persians took over that area and some other. I can't remember all the different factions that were like just warring, trying to keep that port. So many things. Yeah. Patterson was sent there to ensure the efficiency of the building of the railway. So he was supposed to accompany a medical officer to Savo where they were constructing a bridge to cross the river Savo for the railway. There's a bunch of these camps along the way and he's supposed to go. I think it's like seven miles out from the end of where the railway stopped Mm -hmm. to this bigger camp. And they're just supposed to make sure everyone's working and doing shit. And then a little bit past that camp, there's the Savo River. They're going to build this big bridge and they want to get it done within a certain uh, amount of months. Right. He's there with his rolled up plans and his clipboard. And he's like, I'm the British man here to teach you. I'm your new supervisor. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what he was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love it. (laughs) Hi. We're going to have some team building. I'm going to need you guys to like really pick up the pace. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So they get on this train 
from in the port and they're going to the end of the railway. And as they're traveling from the port, the environment is like super lush. It's just like green and beautiful because it's like Delta area. It's like all the rivers are converging. So it's just like beautiful. There's so many animals. But as they're getting further out to the end of the line, it becomes more desert Mm -hmm. and there are no cattle. There are no green trees. And he says something in his book because he writes a book about this experience, how there were ostrich running alongside the train and almost like looking inside the train as if to say, who are these morons? Why are they going out there? Nice. At least he realized it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was after the fact he oh. like reminisced about that. It was <laughs> like, oh, that's what. Anyway, at the time, there were 8000 Indian laborers in a camp that's seven miles from the end of the track. So the end of the track, it's like they're still building the railway. And then there's this camp seven miles out wh- where they're like clearing areas and kind of preparing everything for Prepping the railway it. to come. Got you. Yeah. Got you. OK. Uh, when Patterson gets to the end of the railway, he can see that the workers there are doing a great job. He hears that the guys out at seven miles out are doing a great job. He's like, I got to make sure we order more supplies so we can keep everything on on like the planned timeline. Mm-hmm. And he was planning to go out to the encampment seven miles out the next morning because it was already late and it was going to be like kind of a trek. And that's seven miles in the, it's the desert. The desert. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, never mind. So the next morning he wakes up and there was a lion attack that was reported. He was like, eh, but is that really what happened? Because these laborers are getting paid a lot of money in comparison to what they would be making in India. And so a lot of them had actually been purchasing like gold and silver like jewelry and things and that's amazing i know because they're like working on that they're like all flashy (laughs) just like all the necklaces i guess in the book it was he was saying that it was easier for them to purchase jewelry because you could wear it instead of like a bag of gold coins they're just like super blingy (laughs) bougie like railway railroad 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 workers that's hard to say it is so so he's like uh, probably what happened is some other fellow worker was jealous of this guy's you know bling and killed him Mm -hmm. and took his stuff so he's like "Eh, i don't really believe that so there's this guy sing he is a skilled fighter and hunter like warrior if you will okay he's a sikh and he's there um helping this whole this whole thing. He works for the British Railway, whatever it was called, East India mm-hmm. Company. Mm-hmm. He is going to be assisting Patterson. He tells Patterson, like, the devils took this guy. Like, he's, he's saying they're called the devils. It's like a gang. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, is this like a railway gang? Like, what the hell? And Singh is like, no, it's a lion. Like, telling you. Like, these evil animals out here, they're like killing people. And in the inspector, uh, or sorry, yeah, they, they go to the tent mm-hmm. of the guy who got killed, and they actually do find lion prints, blood, and human heel and hand impressions. Human hand and heel. Like, and like in the blood? Someone is trying to dig in to like not get drug away. Oh, oh, like drag marks. Like drag marks. Oh my God. Yeah. This tent that they're talking about, I might have, sorry, I might have messed that up. It, the There's a missing laborer that no one, they're like, oh, that guy got murdered by someone else and no one cares, which is, I mean, anyway. no, like, eh. And then there's this other guy who's an inspector. That's what it was. This, this guy's like tent, guy. he, he was an important guy. So they like go and investigate the tent and he's like, oh, no, there's blood and all this stuff. And so they're like, oh, shit, it's like a lion. So that's they saw the prints. They saw the prints and stuff. Yeah. They at this point have traveled out. They now they've they're going out to the encampment that's seven miles away. Okay. 
And wait, that happened at their camp that they were at? The missing laborer happened at the end of the track. At the seven miles. And the inspector, my bad, was out at the seven miles out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there's one there and another one happening seven miles out. Right. Oh, boy. So they're like, this happens. And he's like, oh, shit. Maybe it is like some kind of animal attack. Mm -hmm. So that night, everyone goes to bed. Sing, the assistant, is sleeping in the tent with like a bunch of other dudes. Like they're all trying to like, because all the Indian laborers are like freaked out Mm -hmm. because they're like, well, some animal, it's crazy. And at midnight, the lion comes into the tent and takes Sing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like just took him. Just takes him, drags him out. The people who are around him say that he never cried out. He was like a strong warrior. They saw it happen because it was like commotion, but he never, I guess he was so strong. He died a warrior's death and he never cried out. And is that like a thing? Fear or pain? I don't know. I, w- I was just kind of well, like, I would think just, you know, even a warrior is going to get surprised when they get woken up. Yeah. Inside a lion's mouth. Like, you'd just be like, if anything, you'd just be like, hey. Hey, what the f-? <laughs> Maybe that's all he did. He was like, hey. And then he got dragged away. And then he's like, I must be stoic. Right. I am a warrior. Oh, my God. So lion drags him off. And then everybody in the camp is like, if this dude can be taken, any of us can be taken. This kind of reminds me of the bear episode in that it feels a little bit like Singh was telling Patterson, like, oh, this is this is the devil, you know. And uh-huh. then the lion's like, you're gonna call me a devil? Listen up, bro. Fuck you, you're dude. next. Getting you next. The next morning, they track the lion for several miles. Like, I, I say they track the lion. They're tracking basically Singh's blood trail. Oh, my God. And they find him in pieces. And at least uh, Patterson's looking at the tracks and everything. And he's like, at least two lions ate him. So they bury the body and then they make a stand, like a hunting stand in a tree, a dead tree that's nearby. Patterson arms himself with a shotgun and a 303 caliber rifle. That night he's up there and there's like this kid that's with him. Oh, I forget the kid's name, but I he ends up calling the kid just the boy because I guess the name that they had for him was like derogatory, mm. some kind of like rude name. And so in the book, he says, like, I'm not going to call him that. I'm gonna, I am so he just refers to him as the boy or boy or whatever. So it's like this kid who hangs out with him, like the kid in Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Just like, <laughs> just there. Anyway, so <laughs> the kid, that was the kid from the, that was Data from yeah, the Goonies. Yeah, from the Goonies. Yeah. So he's up there and this kid is like freaking out. It's not midnight yet, but they start hearing uh, two individual lions roaring together. And like one minute, they're over here and one minute they're over there and one minute they're behind you this goes on for like three hours and then all of a sudden everything is quiet it's like eerily quiet and dark and suddenly there are screams from the camp patterson i think he's supposed to be kind of like our hero in this story Mm -hmm. i mean it's a true story but it seems like that's his, the point of him being there was to make sure everything goes well. And right. also he was this lieutenant, lieutenant colonel. So he must have some kind of like fighting or hunting experience. And he's like the white guy up in the... He's up in the tree. Up in the tree with a gun. Does he come down when he hears screaming from the camp? Oh, hell no. No, he stays in the tree until morning. I Don't blame him. I mean, him. I don't blame you. I would be like, yeah, I'm just going to stay. Cool. He's like, I need to protect this kid. I'm with the kid. Yeah. This boy. At dawn, he goes down to where they had heard the screams at the railway camp. And a man was dragged and eaten a few miles away. And everybody in the camp was like, what the hell? Yeah. You had a gun. Why didn't you? <laughs> what the f- <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like in this camp, there weren't a lot of guns. And like the only people who had guns were few and far between. It's like, yeah, this one dude who's there to like help them anyway. Mm-hmm. It turns out that the lions had walked through the camp to get this guy 
Like, they're not scared at all. Uh, no. Yeah. They're hungry and they're like, this is easy pickings. Like, these guys easy. don't even run. Yeah. They just, they're just laying there and we just go take one. Yeah. They're definitely not scared of humans. Patterson sets up in another tree and brings along two goats as bait. Okay. So he's like on a different side of the camp, puts the two goats out. He that reminds me of Jurassic Park. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, he tells the boy to sleep nearby with two other people. So it's like kind of close to where he is. There's an, the, he, They put a tent down. There's mm-hmm. these two kind of like older dudes with the boy. They, you know, light a bunch of fires in the camp to try and keep predators away. And then after midnight again, he hears screams. And Patterson shoots some rounds off to let the guys in the tent know like, hey, I hear the screaming, mm-hmm. even though I'm sure everyone could hear the screaming. He's like, I hear you. I'm not. I'm totally not coming. (laughs) They find the tent inside our paw prints, blood and fingernails. Like the person who got dragged away, lost their fingernails in the (gasps) ground, getting dragged away. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this tent is not at the exterior of the camp. Okay. Can you hang on? Is there a movie about this? Jen, there are many movies about this. Oh, really? Yes. Are they? The Ghost in the Darkness is the one that you might know with Val Kilmer in it. I never watched it. Yeah. I had never seen it either. And I still haven't seen it. I didn't watch it yet. Oh, we should watch it. But I did watch a review of it. A trailer? A trailer. We (laughs) We just start adding trailers on all of our episodes. Um, we'll have a trailer at the end. We'll have a trailer review at the end. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Now um, I do know that movie. The tent that they had found with the blood and fingernails and paw prints, it's not in the exterior of the camp. Like the other tents were, I mean, they were in the camp, so the lions came in, but they were kind of closer to the exterior. This one is actually like in the interior of the camp. And so Patterson is like, you know what? No work for today. No one's working. We're resetting up the camp, which is still working. But yeah. <laughs> So they they end up shortening the length of the camp uh, in like half. So it was kind of spread out. He like gets everyone to make their tents, everything way closer. Uh They circle it up around the area that they're putting the tracks and they border it with with bomas, which are berms, essentially of whistling thorn. So they whistling thorn is like the tree that's out there. They go and they collect all of these like thorny ass trees. Right. And they make this. Yeah. Like a little hedge of them around in a circle. A wall of thorny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Then they strategically place a bunch of lit campfires. So they go out and get a bunch of wood. They light all these fires in the camp. Like, Uh you know, it's going to be super safe now. And then they... This made me laugh a little bit because it's... I mean, I get it. But it also reminds me of like kids movies, Uh um, like Home Alone or something. They string pans and pots and pans across tents from one tent to another. So, you know, if people get scared, they can shake their tent and it'll bang all the pots around. Oh, I would think it would let the, you know if a lion's coming in because they would run into it. Oh, well, it, make noise. they say I mean, in the thing he was saying, like, oh, it's for them, for so, people to feel safer that if they hear something, they can just like hit it and they'll scare it away. Oh, mm-hmm. OK. My idea is better. <laughs> um, Did they fit, put some like broken Christmas ornaments? Right. On, on the, the ground. ground and like. <laughs> String up a bowling ball, some paints, some paint cans, some marbles everywhere, a hot iron, <laughs> a nail stick, a tarantula. That part where what's his face sticks his foot through the nail <gasps> on the. I'm always like, God, I know that's barbaric. It is the whole, really well, the, whole thing. the whole thing is. Yeah, but the part true. that's, I'm sorry, but that scream when the tarantula lands on his face. It's classic. Yeah. It's priceless. So yeah. good. So, yeah, after they finish setting up like feathers and tar everywhere, for the, <laughs> the lions. <laughs> just kidding. I think over the next like five days, the lions take seven people. Oh my God. Patterson says it seems like the lions already knew all these plans that they were 
making and they just evaded them. Well, okay. Have you seen those TikTok videos? I mean, I'm sure you have. Everybody has. You can set up all the things in the hallway and your cat will just like yeah. never knock one over yes. and go around it. Yes. The lions were like, what are these? That's so silly. We can just work around this. I forget the name of the particular kinds of paw prints when lions are stalking. So there's like regular paw prints when they're just walking. Right. And then when they're stalking, there's like a different kind of paw print. they're up on their... Yeah, up higher on their their tippy toeing. Yeah, he was still seeing the same kinds of you know strategy from these lions, and I imagine they could just leap right over that wall. Oh yeah. So once when I was in grad school in England, we went to some zoo somewhere I don't remember where, Mm -hmm. and there was a female lion in her enclosure, but there was a glass thing that you could stand like right next to them, but she came right to it. And I remember thinking like, I had no idea how big, I mean, you know, they're big, Mm -hmm. but it's like when they're standing, you're kind of like just a piece of glass between you. It's, it's insane. Like I could see how they could grab a human and just leap over. Oh yeah. I mean, easily. On top of it, these Savo lions don't have manes, Uh so they can get through the bramble pretty easily. The bramble. I like that word. Patterson is kind of like, all right, you know, like these safety precautions are just not working. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to try something else. You guys need to start working again. Five, seven guys gone. I think this isn't working. (laughs) I think You think like night number one. Well, but also, I mean, there's 8,000 people there. Right. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. Also, I mean, that's a lot for one guy. I mean, they should have sent a couple guys. I mean, this guy's by himself with 8,000 workers. That's like a supervisor's nightmare. (laughs) I mean, mean, 8,000 payrolls. (laughs) He didn't have time to fight this lion. He had to get all of the timesheets completed. busy, you know, like filing grievances and... Like the paperwork alone. (laughs) I would have been like a few went to Lions and they think of that HR nightmare right there. (laughs) Oh, God. So they actually they start work up again. He's like, you guys just got you guys got to still work because I have this deadline. We have a deadline. I got an email, an urgent email. (laughs) It was it was was marked high important, high important, (laughs) hot, It's hot, hot. Got to get this done. Lion deaths or no, we we got to move forward. We got to keep going. Yes. So at night, Patterson would perch up in a tree and at day he would hunt them. So he was not getting any sleep. He was he was like waiting for them at night with his gun. So he says more than once he startled them from finishing their meal. So he would track the bodies after they were drug off from the camp to try and find them to make sure like those, I guess those people were indeed dead. I've anyway he would go track them and then when he would come up on the lines they would run away so he felt like he was kind of getting an idea of where they were going or how far they well, would go he from probably the camp. wanted to recover the bodies to bury that them too. like to give yeah. them a proper burial. i don't know what the the real you know culture for indian there, burials is yeah and there were a number of different cultures of indian people who were there so right. they're sikh and hindu and there's some buddhists so there are different religions probably a lot of them were related I would think. if they went you know like a couple of them from a family or something relatives went and they mm-hmm. probably want to get them back mm, that makes me sad for them it is sad they just went to get some sweet jewelry and this is right? what happened well and part of it too you know is that these workers are coming from india where where i guess the regions where they are don't have giant predators who stalk men they did 
didn't know about African lions and they didn't prepare themselves for that. The, the, the African peoples were like, y'all need to be careful. And they were like, it's OK. Yeah. And they just slept like some of them slept out under the stars. Oh, like, whatever. No big just deal. Easy. Easy prey. Yeah. Patterson tried to track the lions during the day. Mm-hmm. So he would go out and try to hunt them. But they were so stealthy and easily camouflaged that oh, it was yeah. like, this is never going to work. Like, I have to be observing them from some kind of stand at night when they're actually doing the hunting because during the day was impossible. He just needed a drone. He did. He needed a drone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Keep that in mind for your preparedness kit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, So and he kept trying to find their den, but no success. He was like, they must have a den here somewhere. And he could never find it. The lions had five days where they didn't take a person or they didn't fully take a person. They maybe dragged someone, but then didn't actually take them away like they were stopped or there were some hijinks, for instance. Okay, these are, I would, I like want to call Like lion these, hijinks? Like lion misadventures. Okay, yeah, let's, yeah, I want to call it these. that. So one time, one of the lions went into a tent, tried to grab a guy, but the guy rolled off his mattress and the lion ended up taking the mattress and drug it out of <laughs> <laughs> And drug it out of the camp and they found the mattress, like, uh, I don't know how far away from the camp, just all torn to shreds. And everybody, all the other lions were like, stupid, <laughs> you idiot. But sweet mattress. Let's play with it. Right. <laughs> uh, there was a Because tra- they're probably not even that hungry. They've just been eating so many humans. So much. Well, they're not just eating humans. We'll find this out later. They're also still eating their regular prey, Ugh. like antelope and whatever. Humans are just like supplemental. Were they really eating the humans? Yes. Not I don't know all if they were just them. like tearing them up or if they actually ate them. Yeah, they actually ate them. There was a trader from India who was walking with his donkey out to the camp. And the lion, one of the lions pounced on him, but got tangled in the donkey reins. The foot of the lion got tangled in one of the donkey reins and got startled by that and ran away and actually drug. This is kind of sad. Actually drug the donkey behind him because he thought he was being chased. Oh, we've all seen this. <laughs> we've know, all seen it. You if know you exactly. have a cat or a dog. <laughs> yes. Like we, if you have one of those, this is my dog. If you have one of those leashes yeah. with the that the it clicky rolls thing. out that has a clicky thing, when yeah. you accidentally drop it and they run <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> dragging on the me. ground. Yeah, it was it was totally like that. Oh, so that's yeah. Well, was I wonder if the donkey was okay? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it got dragged at like thirty what thirty five miles. And that was the trader. He had like all the bling for everybody for sure. He was bringing all the jewelry. He was like, "What's up, you guys?" <laughs> He's like, "I'm here." His whole cart is gone. And, the, and like the donkey, just all the clinking. <laughs> He actually, that trader actually climbed up in a tree and just kind of like waited it out for a couple of days until some other people came along. And he was like, a what couple do you of days? He wouldn't come. I guess he was too scared. Oh, yeah. Well, He's like, fuck. I mean, I'll, like, I'll just stay in this tree for a couple of days. Right. That's a whole nother story. Just the Indian trader's story. Yeah. The lions also leapt through an air vent in one of the tents. So I don't know exactly how these tents have air vents, but there's like a medical tent that's a little more yeah they uh, have like flaps probably and then they can like put Put a pole i'm i'm visualizing it i'm making it up in my head it seems like there would be a pole like holding the that kind of holds it out yeah Yeah, so the air flows through Uh uh-huh and that's that's a total cat move you know (laughs) (laughs) that's a total like were there cabinets anywhere in these (laughs) like ran in them and just got sidetracked trying to open all the cabinets (laughs) 
Um, so this lion leaps through the air vent in the tent. Okay. And grabs a man-sized sack of rice, drags it off. Then I guess a few moments later, the they, the workers hear the lion roaring in what they say is anger at having grabbed rice. And, and they're all and, not a man. and they're all angry that they stole that that it stole their rice. And they're like, dude, because the- they need their damn rice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's true. I mean, if somebody stole my husband's rice. <sighs> It would be over. It's game over right there. Done. Yeah. Sorry, you don't mess around with Pacific Islanders and their rice. No, I feel like every other culture besides America, right? Yeah. Rice is like staple. It is a staple. So, yeah, no, the rice gets drug off. The lion is like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. We all just so, eat potatoes. I love potatoes. So the people start calling them ghosts or devils. I kind of mentioned the devil thing mm-hmm. earlier. Some of the workers were saying that the lions were there because the British were trying to take over Africa <gasps> and they were like a bad omen. I love that. There's always, yeah, there's always mm-hmm. something like that. Some superstition behind, yeah. you know, when things don't go they're well. Like, they're trying to create their imperial kingdom. They're trying to like make us drink the tea. And they called them ghosts because the people who were attacked, it was like they never heard it or saw it coming. It mm-hmm. just they came out of nowhere. And then some other people called them devils because of they felt like they were just taking people to be like shit, like shits, like yeah. evil. Yeah. Just to just to do it. Just to do because it. Because it's fun. I wonder mm-hmm. if there was an element of that, though, because if they were still eating their regular Food. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just like hanging out in the desert, living their life, and then yeah. all of a sudden, this like all these people show up with all these. T- I mean, think of a cat; they would just start messing around in there. Oh, for sure, right? I think I talked about it a little later that that that's part of the reason why these lions are eating people because people encroached on their territory. Oh yeah, so well, they're just like, well, you're here. Yeah, you chose to be. here. I mean, if you put something, if you have cats mm-hmm. and you put up some little a box, we anything, talked about boxes, anything. but anything, like, yeah. a small tent. That has an air flap in it. Give me yeah. a break. They're I mean, your cats are going to be all over it. It's yeah. going to be destroyed. Not victim blaming. I think it's just opportunity for cats. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you shouldn't also, the British Imperial Building Kingdom their dam, shouldn't have <laughs> railroad just to make everybody be more sophisticated. Right. Patterson, he was not staying in a tent in the camp when he wasn't up in the thing. He was in a palm hut at the time. So it okay. had like kind of a full on roof and actual walls. And one night he's in his hut with a medical officer named Dr. Rose, not not a woman, just doctor. I think last name Rose. Okay, but guess you just gave me the paint me like one of your French girls <laughs> vibes. <laughs> I know. It's a, even as I said it, I was that's who I thought of. And they hear some movement outside, so Doctor Rose goes out to look, but doesn't find anything. Um, and it turns out like the next day, and I'm like, did they not have what is this like 1900s? Did they don't have candles or something? Like you can't go look at it right then. But they wait to the next day, uh, and there were a bunch of paw prints all around. I mean, they're just scared. Yeah, that's true. Turns out it was a lion's and Patterson feels like they were stalking him. Mm. And so at this point, he's like, shit, I'm not just here to protect the workers. I'm also going to have to think about these lions as being a threat to me. Up to this point, he was kind of like, oh, I'm here to make sure everything goes along. This this lion issue, I just got to take care of it. This is my job. And now he's like, oh, shit. I'm picturing Val Kilmer. It is Val Kilmer who's the actor in this yes, movie. Yes, I know. Did I say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Now I'm thinking like everything I'm picturing now is Val, with Kilmer. Pat- is Val Kilmer like mm-hmm. looking outside but staying inside with this doctor. And right. yeah, like it's all, I'm like, well, what did Val Kilmer do? What did he do next, Megan? He just said some <laughs> stuff in a really bad Irish accent. <laughs> 
Oh, does he have an Irish accent? I think he's supposed to have an Irish accent. I was listening to little clips and I was like, oh God, that's bad. So Patterson, because he's feeling threatened by these lions now, decides to move into the medical enclosure. So it's like a field hospital house and it has the strongest fortification. And I was like, dude, I mean, way to value yourself above everybody. And like, you already weren't in a tent that everyone's being, Mm -hmm. you know, mauled to death in. You're already in a house and now you're going to move to like the more fortified one because why? I don't know. Anyway, so they start the construction of the bridge at this point. So this is going to, this is a little bit further down from the encampment and they're going to take it's Patterson is going with them. Uh, a few medical officers and 3,000 specialized workers are coming from the camp. The workers who are going to this other camp are kind of like thinking about how their odds are going mm-hmm. down. Like, mm-hmm. first it was like one in 8,000. So, like, pretty low if you think about it to yeah. get murdered by a lion. And now it's going to be one in 3,000. And they're like, a little not super cool with it. So no. they go down to the river where they're going to be building this bridge with like masonry and stuff. Uh, they burn and hack all the grass down for like a pretty large area because they don't want the lions to be able to hide close to the camp. So they make a more fortified camp. They build a bunch of bomas, those uh, whistling thorn things. Okay. Berms. There right. we go. Thank you. And the first night, uh, the lions end up taking a hospital attendant. I'm like, are they just like, is there one guy who's so building these? What is the, just... What's the head count now? I don't even I have. I oh, can't... so there's no there's no really good head count at this point. Uh-huh. I mean, they're just like, I, well, there was I'm the main even... guy. Well, there were the first two, the first and two, and then the warrior guy. There were at least um, that guy. Then there were at least seven, seven so after that's that. 10. But this is over time. It's kind of like at some point, it's just like they lions are taking people. So a while back, we were at 10. Yeah. So it's got to be like oh, 20. We're, we're over 30. 10 right now. Yeah. And there's actually we'll talk more about how many people the lions take and what people think about it. Okay. Yeah. Because there's so it gives us a total number ish or yeah, approximate depending on how you think about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. This hospital attendant is taken uh, or I'm sorry, is almost taken. The attendant ends up knocking a table over and scaring the lion away. I guess a bunch of stuff fell off and the lion runs away. But seconds later comes back through, injures two people and killed one. (gasps) You're like relieved the lion is gone. And then it just flies back in. And then they're like, yeah. It's like there's like a little loop. (laughs) <laughs> like the cougar uh, I was talking about that like was leaping through the air yeah. all like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> claws out yes so Patterson does his typical thing sets up in a perch at midnight so I don't know if this is the same night or the next night he hears screaming again oh my god this time the lion took a man and drug him through the boma that sounds awful yep uh, they finally found him later and could only ID him from a silver ring <gasps> Yeah. Uh, Work was super slow for a number of reasons. Probably morale was really low. I imagine. Um, And then on top of it, some of the workers who said that they were skilled, they lied on their resumes uh, (laughs) and they were not at all skilled in masonry. So the bridge building was like slow going, which kind of blows because they're really exposed. Like this is smaller. Well, I mean, think about it. He's been busy with those lions. Mm-hmm. Patterson. He didn't have time to call people's references. Right. To find out if what they put on the resume was actually factual or not. Marge from HR was like, I'm not doing that's not my 
job. That is not in my position description. I don't call the references. That's you. That is you. That's for the supervisor. I process the paperwork. Thank you. (laughs) Marge. At this point, months are passing and they're on and off attacks. They happen. They don't happen. So there was a man en route to the camp. He had a wagon with food and water. The lions attack the wagon. They end up taking a goat and the Uh man scrambles up a tree. And so this actually gets Patterson thinking. He's like, you know what? Let's set a trap. This is months later and he's just now like, we should set a trap because hunting is obviously not working. Hunting at night, hunting at day, nothing is... Yeah, exactly. So they're like, all right, we're going to build a wagon on top of a wagon. So there's kind of like kind of coffin sized area on the bottom Mm -hmm. and it has a slit in it for them to put the guns out and then there's on top of it is the actual wagon Uh i don't know if it has supplies in it or what and then they tie a bunch of goats up in front of the wagon and i think they left i think they left part of the goat carcass from the lion with those other goats to entice the lion to come back and i'm like man that poor goat those poor alive goats just like watching their compatriot dead on the ground. I mean, that, that sounds yeah. awful. During the day, they take the cart out to where the attack had happened. They set it all up and they leave the cart. So in the bottom, it's like Patterson and some other. Per- I can't remember if it was that same doctor or an assistant who's with him inside the coffin area. They're just chilling out together all day long. Like in that thing, in the in the thing Ooh. with their guns. I know it's got to be hot. Hot and stuffy and crampy and just awful. Oh, I'm sorry. Dr. Brock is the guy who's with him. I don't know who this guy is, but his name is Dr. Brock. Different from Dr. Rose? Different from Dr. Rose. Okay. Dr. Brock sees a dark splotch through the grass. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's definitely a lion. I know it for sure. And Patterson is like, it's not a lion. I'll prove it to you. I'm going to get out and go over there and I'll show you it's not a lion. And right before he's going to get out to go show it's a lion, it springs out. From the grass. Oh, my God. They both start firing at it. And again, they're in an enclosed box with the guns pointed out. Pointed out. So they're like firing inside this box. And you were talking (gasps) about sound decibels. Wow. I know. They don't hit the lion. It doesn't. Nothing hits it. The the beast. (laughs) The the lion flees. (laughs) They waited another day before they left the box. Ew. They, they get out. They can't hear because (laughs) of the shooting inside the box. They really need a shower. They really need a shower. Patterson is like, man, we should have waited like one second before we shot at this lion. Like they started shooting too soon. I guess they were startled maybe by the lion jumping out. And while they were waiting in the box, it turns out the lion came and took a goat and they never saw it. And the goats were in front of them. Oh, so they never saw. I I guess that's the only thing I can think of. So they never see the lion take the goat, but the goat got taken. And then the lions don't come back for two months so two months, there the workers thought that after this happened, wonder they, what they were doing. They thought Patterson had shot and killed the lion. Oh, okay. So they were like sleeping getting outside, getting super comfortable. Exactly. They were praising Patterson, and Patterson was not telling them any different. He was just like, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he knew that that wasn't the case because he had heard from the main camp that five men had been taken from the main camp. Oh, they went back to the main. They camp. went back to the main camp. That's where they were. In July, some of the workers were sleeping out outside of their tents because they're, you know, relaxed, thinking that everything's cool. At midnight, everyone's woken up by screams. This is just like a regular thing now. One of the lions grabs a guy, one of the workers, and goes to take him to the berm. And it's just kind of like the lion is like looking for the best place to jump over. 
kind of like, where did I come in here again? All of the the men around the camp and there's a couple guards that have guns. They start shooting at the lion, throwing rocks at the lion. None of them hit the lion. The lion just easily jumps over the berm. He's all like, goodbye. (laughs) Peace out. Peace out. I guess the thing about this particular attack that's more creepy is that typically the lions would drag their victims or their prey off like pretty far, like a mile or more away to eat it. But Mm -hmm. that night, the lion stayed right outside the berm (gasps) and ate the man. Oh, my God. And everyone could hear him being eaten. Yeah. Wow. Some of the hunters or like guardsmen got up on top of the the boma and tried to shoot into the direction of the sounds. And, you know, until that guy died. Patterson was like, why are you trying to shoot in the you're never going to shoot that lion in the dark? Like, it's not going to happen because it's like pitch black outside. It's like even it wasn't super clear that night or something. Uh, Anyway, so the attacks start resuming again after this first one. The lions started roaring again before they show up. So remember, like one of the first attacks that Patterson was around for, it was Mm -hmm. like the lions would roar for like three hours. And then it was they got quiet and then they were like spring. So when they come back and they start roaring before they come into the camp, I'm like, these these lions are playing a mental game. It does it seem feels like it. that way. Yeah. And Patterson says at this point he felt demoralized and hopeless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had been doing this for 10 months. I would imagine he would have felt that long before. But at 10 months. Oh, my God. 10 Can months. you imagine? Like um, 10 months of just like being stalked and people being eaten. And there's actually a story about how he had drenched the medical tent in animal blood and parts like left out parts to lure Mm -hmm. the lions in at one point and then moved all the people who were in the medical tent to another area but the lions attacked the other area where they moved the medical patients there's like a story about that i don't know if it's 100 percent true but it's in the movie Mm -hmm. with val kilmer one of the history youtubes talk about it and i'm like man these lions are not effing around no yeah it's been about 10 months of this over a thousand workers who have been there were like f this we don't want to live in these conditions anymore it's too dangerous we're leaving so they peace out so patterson is like all right i gotta write the district office now (laughs) he's gotta write to the district office and be like he's gotta email them hey i need some help so mr whitehead is this guy in the district office and he says (laughs) you should see a picture of him too he's like real mr whitehead yeah mr whitehead that's perfect. He's he gets his coffee mug. He's like, I'm gonna come by. <laughs> <laughs> He's at your cubicle with the coffee mug. Yeah, like, I'm gonna I'm... need you to stay another ten months and get these lions <laughs> uh, taken care of. I'm gonna need those TPS reports on my desk <laughs> tomorrow morning. <laughs> So Mr. Whitehead says he's going to be there by December 2nd, and he's going to bring a reinforcement of around 20 armed sepoys to assist in the hunt. And so sepoy, and I think I'm saying that right, they are local, like indigenous tribes to Africa who hunt lions. And the way that they gain their manhood is by killing a lion. So it's like they have experience in this. Yeah, get those guys. Yeah, they don't show up on December 2nd. They show up on December 3rd. Whitehead comes up and he's like, man, really great welcome you gave us. Patterson and Patterson's like, what the are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, on the way here, a lion attacked me and my assistant, Adula, Uh killed my assistant, drug him off into the the brush. And like as he was being drug off, 
the assistant, I guess his last words were master a lion. And I'm like, God, that's depressing. Wow. Yeah. I guess the lion almost got whitehead and put like four claw marks into his back or his side. And, you know, he actually shows them to Patterson and Patterson's like, why are you lying to me? Like really inspects them because he thinks I don't know if he's like putting his finger in them or what. Like, he's like, I think you're lying. Like, why would you lie like that? And he's like, I'm not lying. My freaking assistant is dead. Right. (laughs) I'm not lying to you. That's crazy. And that happened at the Savo train depot. So like way back. Uh huh. So it's like these lions have a real big area. Whitehead at this point is like, man, we're really going to get these lions now. Like, I believe you. We're going to. I. He's determined to get them. And so Patterson is like, listen, man, I've been working on a trap. Okay. I came up with this trap. I guess this is after the medical one, right? Mm-hmm. There's a second trap. He's like, he has a, a box car. Oh like, my god! Like Did a he railway prop it car. Up with a stick and have a string. And he <laughs> <laughs> and he has like a gate okay. on it. And then he put this area of the boxcar at the back he put these i think railway ties from ceiling to floor and he's gonna have four guys stand on that back side so when the lion comes in there's a trip wire and the trip wire closes the gate behind him in the boxcar and then the men who are on the other side of the iron ties mm-hmm. kind of like a cage are going to shoot the lion they're going to be really close they're going to kill the lion inside the boxcar it's a great plan everyone's into it Let's get her done. They put it out the first night. It doesn't work. Okay. I think the lion takes someone that night. I mean, at this point, that's what it's like. So the second night puts the guys in there. They set it up for the lion. The lion takes the bait. It goes inside. Oh. It sets the trap. Okay. It actually hits the tripwire, closes up. The lion goes freaking ballistic in there, just like hitting the walls, like trying to get out, roaring, being all Uh crazy. One one of the guys in there with a gun says like he actually lost his hearing because the lion roar was so freaking loud. (gasps) See? So crazy. See, yeah. the See perfect how, how science that, news. I didn't even know. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Serendipity. So they're all like shooting at the lion, but they don't immediately like Patterson is like the lion sets off the trap. He's in there. We can hear him. But like no gunfire for like a full minute. He's like, why the hell aren't they shooting this? Thing? Like, because what it is was going moving on? around so much. Maybe. Or they were like, they were just shitting their pants. <laughs> they were <laughs> like, like full on. Like who? Just, just everywhere. <laughs> That other guy is over on the side holding his ear. It's just, I mean, chaos. Right. Um, Somebody's vomiting in fear. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> the lion's got its arm like through the thing. They're like, ah! <laughs> just like trying to get... <laughs> oh, God, these poor men. So finally they start shooting. They're not very good shots because they're like less than 15 feet away from this lion in and they there. Can't. And they can't. They never I shoot feel like the we're lion. back in with the bear story. Even worse, Jen, is one of the stray bullets hits the lever that opens the trap. The lion f***ing escapes. Oh, my God. Runs away. Come on, guys. I know. And they just come out all covered in poo. Just crying. <laughs> crying. PTSD forever. They're like, we're going to need one is deaf. more gold necklaces for this. <laughs> oh, God. So many gold necklaces. Yeah. So the next day or like a couple days later or something, and I don't know who knows this, but someone comes and tells Patterson the lion is eating a donkey down by the river. <laughs> like just a the lion just eats a lot. <laughs> I mean, they, what was it like a fourth of their body weight? Like, so Patterson is like, all right, I'm going to go down to the river. I'm going to find this fucking lion. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> he's over it. He's over it. He goes down there. I think some people come with him. He gets within 15 feet of the lion. Brave. Points the gun at the lion's face. 
goes to shoot the lion, the gun jams. No, it doesn't. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes. I cannot anymore. <laughs> like He just lays down. He's like, just take me. <laughs> I offer myself as tribute. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I mean, even more demoralized. If you could get more demoralized to this man, I feel so bad for him. Check your weapon before your you weapon. go. So he's like, okay, I somehow he gets away. I don't remember if it's like he just maybe he just walks away, Charlie Charlie Brown style with his head. <laughs> <laughs> and the lion is just eating his donkey, like I'll deal with you later. Uh so that night, around midnight, Patterson was up in his thing and he's he's sitting really still. He's hearing some noises around he's him. He's crying. He's crying. <laughs> He's sitting really still. He's crying. Just sobbing. And through the tears. Silently sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) What does my life become? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So he's sitting up in the stand and he hears kind of like, I think, maybe a stick crack or something some some noises that i mean at this point he's like really familiar with the sound of lion stalking because it happens mm -hmm, all the time so he's like okay it's here so he's sitting uber still and something hits him on the back of his head the lion like threw a rock at his head (laughs) stop crying baby (laughs) Uh. oh god it actually it turns out jen it was an owl he oh. was he was sitting so still, he thinks. He was sitting so still that an owl thought he was part of the tree. And landed on him? And landed on him. Well, that's kind of maybe that's good luck. Maybe. But I mean owl claws. I used yeah. to I used to show screech owls, which are mm-hmm. very small, you know, but mm-hmm. they could still like crush your finger. Oh yeah. I mean, just imagine owl claws just straight up in that guy's talons, just straight up in that guy's head. So he was silent crying and then the <laughs> owl landed on him and then he just started like full on crazy loud crying. <laughs> like he just let go. He broke at that moment. (laughs) God, this poor man. He needs to go home. After this, he is quiet again. Kind of, he's chilling out in the tree. The the owl is gone. It like flew away. And he hears a low, slow exhale. And he knew that it was a lion, like a lion exhaling, like... If he heard, was like that close to him, I guess so. Thought he's up in a tree. Um, maybe or it's on like something. It's he's he's up in something enough that an owl would land on him. But he he like hears it either way because the lion is just watching him and just breathing. Is like right. and he sees the shape of the lion and he's sitting super still. Patterson shoots at the lion because he can see it. He shoots at the lion once, then again, and then a third time. The lion falls over scrambles up to its feet, falls over again, which is like indication. And he heard the bullet hit hit the lion, like the sound of the bullet going into the skin. Right. The lion actually kind of gets up. People heard it, saw what's going on. The lion is able to get up enough and kind of scramble away. They can't find the body. They just see the trail of blood from the lion. And so everyone was like, you know, party time. They're like, oh, my God, finally. Thank you so much. But Patterson was like, no, no, no. I want to see the dead body. Right. I can't. We cannot. We need proof. And what if there? I mean, there's more than one. There's more than one. They track the lion. The trail has tons of blood on it. They find the lion. Eventually, it had died. Um, I kind of feel bad for the I mean... I know we're supposed to think that the lion is, or at least the people there thought the lion was evil, but I don't feel that the lion, the lion is just was just being a lion. It's just living yeah. in its natural environment and these humans came along. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, man, it had a good run, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I'm not trying him. to, it did. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like downplay the, the death of the people who were there. That's yeah. awful. But also 
it's awful that this that this lion was killed. It was nine feet eight inches long. <gasps> Dang! Eight men had to carry it to get him back to the camp. See, they're big. Even standing up, um, I think it was like three or four feet tall, shoulder height. So not including the head. Yeah. Patterson says too. I like how he says this that he was actually in awe of the lions. He he would describe them in the book. He describes them as like majestic, powerful, cunning, all of these things. He never talks about them in a way that indicates that he had any kind of hatred for them. Yeah. And he never says he hates them. But Patterson knows that there are two lions and people are still they're like super celebratory and they're like we're safe now, we're saved and he's like no you guys, no. no no, no, no. There are two lions. There's two. Definitely two lions. For about 10 days, there are no attacks after this lion mm-hmm. is killed. And on the 11th day, there's an inspector who hears what he thought were workers raiding his stuff. And he's inside his tent and he's like yelling at them from inside. His he's like, leave my stuff alone, you guys. And- get out of my room. Go away. But he doesn't get out of his tent. He's just like yelling from the tent. Right. And the rustling stops and... He goes to sleep and he gets up the next morning and all around his stuff and like his stuff is like raided our uh, lion footprints. And he was like, "Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't get out of the tent. (laughs) Like (laughs) for sure. That would have been bad news. (laughs) I think really happened is that they were workers raiding the stuff and they just had the paws like they made little lion paws. And they raided his like porn stash. Yeah. They were just (laughs) like, let me go through them. They're just getting all his gold jewelry. (laughs) His gold jewelry. (laughs) They found his weed. <laughs> the next night, there are no stars or a moon. It's like, what is that? New moon or whatever? When mm-hmm. there's like no moon out. Mm-hmm. I guess that same night that the lion was around the inspector's tent, it had eaten half of a goat, had taken a goat or something. So they found the other half of the goat and they bring the same thing they did with the cart deal. They bring the goat, the half goat over and they put a couple more goats around it. Just like torturing these goats. Poor goats. That's for the next night. There's so the- always a scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the next night there's no stars or moon and they're kind of tracking the lion because they hear some roars and growls. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like trying to figure out where the lion is around the camp. I wonder if that lion, if it was like, it lost its partner. Yeah. Like it might be looking for... That's why they think that it was like 10 days before the next thing happened. Yeah. Because that the lion was like either mourning or looking for its... uh, friend. I should say that the first lion is a male. He sets up his stand near the goats. He can see the lion. Like eventually it's coming kind of close to where he is with the goats. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's super dark and he he thinks he's able to hit the lion. He shoots it a few times, shoots at it. And at least one of the bullets kind of hits the lion and he tracks the lion the next day and he can't find it. Like he gets to a certain point and then I don't know if the track just disappears or right. or what. Ten days pass and the lion is not back again. And then the 10th night, Patterson is up in his stand or whatever and screams start erupting around midnight. Oh, Jesus. As per the usual. Yes. And the workers end up being able to drive off the lion and there are no victims that night. It's like a freaking miracle. The next night, they try again. At this point, Patterson is now sleep deprived. It's been, I don't know how long, what, two weeks, like 10, 12 days Mm -hmm. uh, that he's been kind of up all the time and he has a fever. He feels awful. At this point, the moon is full and it's super bright outside. There's lots of stars. The lion comes into the camp. Patterson can clearly see the lion and can clearly see that the lion doesn't know he's being watched. Oh, it's I think I think this is the time when he's laying up there up in his stand and the boy is with him again. 
Okay. And he falls asleep because he's just exhausted. It has the fever, all of that stuff. Right. He just passes out. And the boy sees a lion and is like, you know, like taps him a little on the shoulder. And he's like, the lion. And Patterson doesn't even move his body. He just opens his eyes and then he can see the lion stalking in the camp. And he's like, he says his skill showed he was old hand at the terrible game of man hunting. And he said it was awe inspiring to watch it move around in stealth mode. And the lion was kind of like larger circling to smaller circling, kind of like Mm -hmm. a spiral almost Mm -hmm. around. And he was like so cautious and very calculating. And Patterson, you know, takes a deep breath, lets out five shots with his 303 rifle. The first and the last two shots hit the lion. The lion cries out and runs away. But Patterson knew that the lion was mortally wounded. So the next morning, they get up him with like a party of two other guys who are like his rifle holders or something. Um, They go to track the lion and they find it. It's still alive, but it's like one of the back legs is broken and like its hind area, like butt butt area, Mm -hmm. I guess had been shot. The lion charges at them. Patterson reaches for the gun bearer who's supposed to be like right behind him. But both of the those guys ran up a tree. Oh, God. <laughs> and they were like, fuck you, ran up the tree. Patterson was trying to shoot with his gun, but it it's like he didn't have bullets or I don't know what happened. He ends up dropping the gun. He scrambles up the tree. Eventually, he's actually able to shoot the lion. And he says he claims that it died gnawing on a fallen tree branch, still trying to reach him. Oh, my God. He shot it a total of nine times, five with the rifle, the 303, three with a second rifle and once with a third rifle. Wow. I mean, it's not overkill because I guess it was still alive during all of those. Right. After 25 years of both of the lion's pelts being Patterson's floor rugs, that's what he did with the the pelts. Whoa. He took them home and put them on his floor. So he had that for had them for 25 years. And then in the end, he sells them to the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, which we've talked about in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in 1924. He sells them for a total of $5,000. So oh. $2,500 for each. The museum says that the skins arrived in poor condition. They weren't properly... Because they uh, used them as rugs. Well, yeah, there's that part. But I guess they also weren't properly cured. The hide wasn't yeah. properly... Yeah. And so they actually shrunk over mm. time. They, mm. they dehydrated and shrunk. Um, the lions were reconstructed and they are on permanent display along with their skulls at the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago. Oh, wow. And have been there since 1924. They are average three feet, 11 inches tall at the shoulder. They likely weighed between 305 and 400 pounds. One of them was nine feet in length and the other was seven. They were both male. Wow. Which is a little odd for the Savo lions because they don't typically hunt together. And it was said that they were seen in the camp together a number of times. Were they maybe juvenile? Like I also wondered that. I had that that's same. Big. That's big for a juvenile. Or could it have been like a father and a cub kind of situation? Right. Because one of them was a little smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't They didn't really go into that part of it. And I, I tried to look up more information about Savo lions, like just those kinds of lions where they are. Mm-hmm. And it's like every time you look up Savo lions, all it talks about is these man-eating lions. It's really hard to find just general facts. Are there hyenas there? Oh, I don't know. Probably. I would guess so. Because there's elephants and all like all the African animals giraffe all that i'm thing. just wondering you know like when the lions would drag off these people if uh, what came after if there were other predators that came and yeah because hyenas are notorious for that it's true scavengers patterson says in his book that he was personally aware of 135 human kills <gasps> by the lions wow but he actually thinks it's more like 300 
Because there were people who were reported missing from the camp uh-huh. that just no one ever heard from again. And they don't know if they were taken by the lions or if they just ran away or what happened to them. So there is a lot of skepticism at this number of deaths that Patterson reports. Mm-hmm. Modern research into these lions says that there's there's no way that it was 135. It's more like 35. Because they did an isotopic analysis of the bones mm-hmm. and 70 percent of their those particular lions, these two lions were um, herbivores and 30 percent were omnivores. So they're saying that like, oh, well, 70 percent of their diet, there's no way that 135 humans would make up this 30 percent omnivorous because 70 percent of their diet were from grass grazing herbivores like ungulates. Could they have just killed them just to kill them and not eaten them? You know what I mean? But they did eat them. So but Patterson they didn't says eat they ate all them. of them. Okay, so that's one of there are some issues with the study. That's one of them. Yeah. Is that they didn't consume the full body of every single person. No, and maybe it was and they could uh, have they attacked with them. Right. And may and maybe they attacked some people and those people weren't eaten at all. They were just killed. Mm-hmm. The other issue with the study is that the laborers are from India. Almost all of them were vegetarian or vegan. Oh, you're right. Right. So right. they wouldn't have been an omnivore. They were like they didn't eat meat. Yeah. So that's interesting. But, you know, I feel like a lot of maybe the fun of it was just the hunt. Oh, yeah. At times. So maybe they didn't consume so much. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. There is a guy who works at the Field Museum, whose last name is also Patterson, but no relation to this Patterson. And he says that he and his colleagues estimate the lion that one lion ate 10 people and the other one about 24. Although he says that's less than 135 victims, it's still horrifying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. There's a big question about why did they decide to eat man? And there's the first one that I think both of us agree with, which is the encroachment of people on their territory. Yes. It's available food. The Field Museum also thinks that they were supplementing their diets, that they had found hair in between the teeth on the skull that were from like antelopes or I don't know, just Mm -hmm. like ungulates. They feel like they weren't eating humans as like a last resort. So some people were saying uh, some scientists that looked at the skull of one of the lions said that the lion had tooth decay, an infection, Mm -hmm. and that eating humans was easier to take down like some larger Uh animal ungulate that's like running around and being all crazy that's going to be harder than a human and we're more squishy yeah and we're more squishy easier to eat less pain on the mouth they were saying that could have been an issue but at the same time a lot of lions have tooth infections and Mm -hmm. aren't man eaters so they also say that there was an outbreak of rinderpest which is like cattle plague in 1898 i guess at the time the lions had been eating a lot of cattle but when that plague came along that food source wasn't there anymore so they looked for alternatives and humans were on the menu, as it were. Right. They also say that there was this, quote, ritual invitation. So I guess there's like an abbreviated cremation of Hindu, like if a Hindu railroad worker died, they did like kind of a different form of cremation. And that would have invited the lions to come and scavenge. So oh. maybe it's not like a full cremation or something. It's it's like a different kind like of a barbecue. Essentially. Oh, my God. (laughs) Patterson says that afterwards he did find the den that the lions lived in and that he went in and found like hundreds of people's bones, like skulls and things in the den. Some people were like, eh, I don't know about that. Like that. Why would he make that up, though? So they did go back to the cave and they never found any human remains in it. So maybe he was just trying to like make his book more. Make his book a little more like, yeah, exciting. Uh, So people are still being eaten alive in Savo and across Africa to this 
this day. I well, know you wanted to know great. if they were. And yes, it's true. Oh uh, in 2010, Paul Raffaele wrote a piece for the Smithsonian Magazine about his travels following Bruce Patterson. He's the guy from mm-hmm. the Field Museum uh, to Kenya to look at the real story. So I actually did read that Smithsonian Magazine article, and it's really good. When they got there to Nairobi, they had just, they like, as soon as they got there, oh, I guess there was a lion that had attacked a woman and ate her just weeks earlier. So they were oh. like, oh, wow, it's still, and also a cattle herder was killed and eaten while they were there. Wow. And Samuel Kaziski, who's the guy, the deputy director of biodiversity research at the Kenya Wildlife Service, he said that's not unusual for Savo. It's not unusual for the continent of Africa either. A study published in Nature magazine in 2005 counted nearly 600 deaths and 300 people injured by lions in Tanzania alone since 1990. Bruce Patterson says there's really something about, quote, man eaters that puts people in their rightful place, not at the helm, but a couple notches down. Wow. Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson did write an autobiographical account, and it was made into several movies. There's The Men Against the Sun, 1952, Buana Devil, 1952, Killers of Kilimanjaro, 1959, The Ghost in the Darkness, 1996, in which Val Kilmer plays John Henry Patterson, Prey in 2007, and Proi, P-R-O-O-I, in 2016. There's a lot of tales. That's and, a lot. And actually, I was watching this history YouTube video on like how accurate the story is in the movie, mm-hmm. The Ghost in the Darkness, uh, because that's what they named the different lions. One was the ghost and one was the darkness. Oh. And the guy who reviewed it was saying that the historical accuracy of that movie is actually really good. Michael Douglas is in it as this extra guy called Remington. Like his name is literally the name of a gun. And he doesn't exist in history. He's just a made up character to kind of I think he's supposed to represent like Whitehead and some other people Mm -hmm. who are in the story. Um, And he's in it with Val Kilmer. Luckily, he I don't think he attempts any kind of Irish accent. Seems like that's all about a made up guy. Yeah. Like Val Kilmer seems like secondary. Yes. To Michael Douglas, because Michael Douglas was like a hit star in 1996, apparently. Well, yeah. I mean, Val Kilmer was so hot, though. Val Kilmer is super cute in that. And looking at him now, it's that's a lot. But I I guess I he had cancer. So maybe that's oh, he lost his voice. Oh, oh, that's right. He did have throat, uh, yeah, throat cancer or mm-hmm. something like that. Poor Val Kilmer. Meh. I think he's okay. Yeah, it's okay now. So that's my story about the Savo lions. That's awesome. You know, I feel like there's other lion stories that uh, we're gonna cover. Oh, there are actually. There's a, a the one really good YouTube video I watched about this story. The guy who who put it together. It's really good. Very detailed. He actually read the book. That's, right. That's why I know these things. Right. <laughs> I did not read the book. We don't always have time to read a book Listen, between episodes. If I started reading a book, I would just fall asleep. That's what would happen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So the organization to support, Jen. Yes. Is the SavoTrust.org. SavoTrust is an action oriented, field based Kenyan not for profit conservation organization that works to give the wildlife and people of Savo the right to a future. They have a great website. That's so cool. And I found them through the Kenya Wildlife Service. So Kenya Wildlife Service has a website and then they link to all the different organizations and parks and things that you can go see in Kenya. I, I really like this particular Savo organization because it's they don't just talk about animals there. Obviously, they do a lot of conservation. Elephant conservation is like really big, but they also support the local people of the area. 
So I think that's cool. And I looked at their board of directors and there's uh, very, very few. I feel like there were maybe three non-African folks on their board of directors. It was like 15 people. Okay. So I was like, that's good. Yeah, locally. Yeah, it's like local representation. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. For sure. We don't need other people. Colonizers. Colonizers. Coming in. <laughs> doing their thing. <laughs> Let's just let the people who know do the thing. That's great. So that's a crazy story. I you know 1996. So I, I probably saw the movie or think I saw it, but I would have rented it on VHS or DVD. Were DVDs out? Yeah. They DVD, were just starting. Was, yeah, they were just starting. Time. Yeah. Amazing. I was 16 in 1996 and guaranteed I would have been way more interested in some kind of like teen romance movie. I take that back, though, because I one of my first dates ever in my life, I went to a movie Well, we were just starting to date. But like my boyfriend at the time took me to see seven and it was the greatest date ever. I mean, I mean, it was horrible. That movie is creepy, but also I loved it. It's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. When Don't I think open about... the box. Don't open the box. What's in the box? Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> it wasn't Brad Pitt. Oh, God. He's crying. Morgan like... Freeman and Brad Pitt. I mean, you can't go wrong. And not one. too much Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, like, it's good to have female <laughs> characters, but just a dabble. It's just not yeah. too much. I yeah. mean, she's a, for all of the crazy shit that she does, she is a good actress. Yeah. She's I liked great. her back She's in been the in day. some good stuff. Also, I feel like that's the time when she had that pi- kind of pixie haircut. That was really cool. I don't know, but she had, short. well, that when she had long hair, but I can't recall what I was doing in 1996. I was in school. I, that's why I don't remember because it was the blur of just trying to survive. Jen. Oh, right. It's that time of the episode where we talk about our emergency preparedness kit. If you were in the Savo region in 1898... <laughs> Well, you well, wouldn't have been. You I wouldn't were, have you, been. Because you're a woman. Because so. I was a lady. Yeah. And they wouldn't have let me go. Okay. When I was in grad, when I was in grad school. So, <laughs> no, when I was in grad school in England, it was amazing. I went to um, University of Exeter at Cornwall and their ecology program. And Cornwall. worked with some amazing sea turtle people. Cool. Anyway, so they do this thing for that program where you have like a field trip. Yeah. You know, somewhere. So ours was, and it's usually in Kenya. So ours, we were supposed to go to Kenya. But so you, I'm sure I told you about you, it you back t- then. I, in one of the episodes, you talked about that you guys went to South Africa. Right? We ended up going to South yeah. Africa, mm-hmm. but I we had all prepared like our my passport was stamped. Like I had everything for Kenya, and we had to switch it up because there was a coup. Oh, yeah, and we couldn't go. Well, I'm glad you didn't go then. I know. What if you had gone like right before? I know Ugh. the coup. But in our preparation, we've been preparing to go to Kenya the whole time. Mm-hmm. And part of the prep- preparation is like wildlife encounters. Oh, yeah. So they had talked about lions and they were basically like, you can't outrun a lion. No. And kind of the joke ish mm-hmm. was you just need to be faster than your friend. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like I wouldn't. No, Megan, I know I wouldn't let it happen. If we went to Kenya, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be killed. <laughs> You're faster than me. I just don't. Not on skates. I will say that I'm, I'm. I would be down on skates. I might be good at sprinting, Quick, but like short distances, like 100 meters. <laughs> <laughs> So what I'm thinking is, of course, you wouldn't want to have like any of your friends go and you knew outran them, but regardless, right? Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't want to be the friend that isn't fast enough. So I feel like you would need some sort of like a sacrifice, a, some sort of like blow up doll or like some sort of dummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you could like almost like parachute it out behind you as you're running. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like a parachute, but it's like a dummy. 
follow hear me out yeah no i hear i can okay. see it i see it it's I see behind it. you yeah you're running it's blown up it's there mm-hmm. and the lion grabs it yes you let it go release the parachute and yeah. just keep running yeah and just imagine at that moment i just thought of that just now i'm really proud I of myself i'm super proud of you i think it's a really great idea and i like i can already see the mechanisms for it happening like as you start to run the drag yes. from your running fills it up yes and then you let it go and that actually gives you a burst of energy yes forward and then it's like cartoonishly yes. like you just run ahead yeah yeah I'm saying, I, I think I just invented something. TMTM, I think you, that's my idea. I think you did invent that. You need to copyright it right now. I know. I mean, or whatever, patent it. I need to patent that because I feel TM. like I could be saving a lot of lives right now. For sure. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. What would we call it? That's the that's the question. Like, I mean, it's kind of like a human parachute, but human parachute. I feel like you just call it lion deterrent. Well, you, there I has feel to be like... a parachute in there somehow because that's how it operates. What about instead of paragliding, it's paralioning. <laughs> <laughs> paralioning. Oh, what? Like a like a parish, like P E R I S H parachute. So you don't perish. Oh, uh, well, like an anti parish shoot. Shoot. Anti parachute. Anti parish shoot. I like it. <laughs> and you use those to go paralining. That's amazing. That is amazing. I'm going to have to remember how to spell all this when I'm typing I, it out. Yeah. Good luck. The thoughts are just, they're just rolling out. They're amazing ideas. Don't steal them because it's fine. It's already Jen's. We already patented it. Yeah, it's already done. It's already done. It's done. My my legal team is on it. TPS report finished. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys have any ideas for things you'd like to see on the Patreon or if you want to do like a QA and a sometime or like some sort of virtual virtual party thing, we are happy to do that. We would love to do that. It'll have to be Guam time, though. (laughs) We're just just up at like three in the morning. We're like, hey, guys. Yeah, well, you do wake up that early sometimes. Sometimes it's true. So, but if there is anything you guys would like to see or um, have some suggestions, mm-hmm. just email us. Yes. On the, you can, you know, send us a message straight on the Patreon. Yeah. Be sure to check those messages too. I don't know if everyone sees. Or you can always message us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We check that. Or the, um, the uh, email you're going to die out there mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. To- totally. Any yeah. Of that. And thank you. I've, I've been seeing some of our patrons sending us stuff that post on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. We love it's it. It's very funny. Thank you. You just Pretty know insane. us so well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Megan, thanks for that. So you're August welcome. is my month. That's right. And I will start writing now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, on time. What? It's going to be amazing. I have no idea what I'm going to do yet. I'm going to think about it. It's a man eating. I don't know. We can hit, we can stick with a man eating theme. Right. For everyone, thank you for being our patrons. And I guess until next time. Don't perish out there. Whoa. Bye. Bye. Watch out, boy, she'll chew you up. Uh, <laughs> that was really good. You look like a recording artist. Um, Should I hold my headphones on the side like, watch out, boy, she'll chew you up. That's amazing. <laughs>